Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is your host, Howard Blend, and welcome to Howard's Blend. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Howard's Blend, a plant-based protein powder with 20 grams of protein per serving to help aid in recovery from life's ups and downs. I have a bag right here for all the video people. It's currently available on my website, www.howardsblend.com. H-O-W-A-R-D-S-B-L-E-N-D.com, just like the podcast. We have the, well, I shouldn't have put it back, we have the one pound bag, 15 serving big dog size, and the single serving 30 gram sample size. Current available flavor is chocolate, but we are looking to expand the flavors and the product line as we scale. So if you're looking for a plant-based protein powder to try, head on over to the website now, howardsblend.com, and pick you up some. I will be forever grateful. Thank you very much. In this episode of Howard's Blend, eight ounces of pea protein concentrate and 8 ounces of pea protein isolate, pea protein concentrate is going to be lower in protein. Because even though you go through that dry filtration process, there's still some starches that are collected with the protein particles. So it's lower in protein when you compare the same weight of concentrate and isolate. So that's a negative. You can look at it negative. Higher in carbohydrates. Well, locally locally folks, welcome, welcome to the Batcave Studio for another extraordinary episode of Howard's Blend. What's on tap for today? Now, I figured I would do a mini-series, a three-episode mini-series on the three different types of protein in Howard's Blend plant-based protein powder. So we're going to start with pea protein. The wife is running the blender. We're going to start with pea protein. We're going to go over how pea protein is manufactured. I feel it's really like a high-level review of it. I'm sure they can go into much more detail with people who are in the manufacturing industry. But I think it goes over enough of it. We then go over a positive, or I guess a positive effect or result of pea protein. I guess it could be positive or negative. You'll soon figure out why, depending on your viewpoint. We go over a potential negative side effect of pea protein and then wrap it all up. We'll go over my thoughts and have a short summary. So manufacturing. There are three different types of powder that can be made from peas for human consumption. There's pea flour, pea protein concentrate, and pea protein isolate. So pea flour. What that is, is it's de-hold, I think it's how you pronounce it, de-hold peas that are milled. De-hold, what is that? So peas, they grow in a pod. They say, moving my fingers for the podcast people, kind of like in a crescent moon shape. At least that's what I've seen on Google Images. So it's like a, a shell. Kind of looks like a little crescent moon. And then there's little peas inside that shell. I guess that's where there's the uh, saying, peas in a pod. 
like, oh yeah, those two boys are peas in a pod. They're kind of the same because they're all come in a little pod. So dehold is you take that shell off so then you can actually take out the peas itself. And then milled means it's just ground into a fine powder. So pea flour is nothing but dehold peas that are ground into a fine powder. It reminds me just a little bit off topic here. It's kind of come to mind here. Years ago, I went to a sushi place and ordered, is it, I think it's edamame is how you pronounce it. And I believe that's just soybeans, like cooked soybeans. Well, how they served it is they actually served it in the shell. I never had edamame before. I had no idea how to eat it. So I just picked it up and just started gnawing on it. And I'm thinking to myself, like, it's not really that tasty. I mean, I guess it's a, an acquired taste. That's what my mom, my mom always used to tell me about beer. Oh, it's an acquired taste. I was like, this tastes like like crap. And to the other person I was with said, no, no, you got to actually take the, you got to take that off and take the soybeans out and, and eat those. And it was, oh yeah, this actually tastes a lot better now. Just a stupid story. I just kind of sparked my memory when talking about deholing and then milling the peas. So we have pea flour. So it's basically, again, peas that are just ground into a fine powder. Easy enough. Pea protein concentrate. What's that? So we take the pea flour from the first example, and then it is dry filtered. So by dry filtered, the powder, excuse me, the pea flour, I'm going to say the powder. I guess it is powder. The pea flour is put into like a drum, and then air is pushed through that drum, and the air separates the lighter protein particles of the pea flour from the heavier starches. So I'm assuming the protein, which is lighter, will kind of go to the top while the starches will go down to the bottom. And then the protein is then collected, and then you have your pea protein concentrate. So it's like a dry filter process. Pea protein isolate. So we start with pea flour. It's always going to start with the pea flour. This time, though, it goes through a wet filtration process. So it's put, the pea flour is like submerged in water that can also have an acid in it and or an alkali, which is base, and sodium. All right, so it's submerged in this water with acid and or base and or salt in it. And similar to the air filtration process, I assume the lighter protein particles are going to kind of float to the top or be near the surface while the heavier starches go down. Just like if you have you know, a bodybuilder who jumps into water, they're going to sink because the muscle is dense. Where if you have somebody who is, has a lot of body fat, they may float because muscle is denser than fat. So why is the pea flour submerged in the water with the acid, the base, and the salt? Well, the idea that the manufacturers want to do, the idea behind it is they want to take the amino acids in the protein to their isoelectric point. So we all know that protein is made of amino acids. I think I learned that like in grade school. Well, those amino acids can be positively or negatively charged. So the, the positive and negative charge of the amino acids actually makes the protein more soluble. So when you put it in the solution, it, it'll dissolve in the solution. 
Manufacturers don't want that. I don't want that because then if it dissolves, you can't collect it to make Howard's Blend plant-based protein powder because it has pea protein isolate in it. So by putting in an acid and a base and salt, it changed the pH of the solution. But then that also can take the protein, or I guess in this case the amino acids, to their isoelectric point, which in my understanding is when there's not a negative or a positive charge. So it's by taking it to this isoelectric point, not a negative or a positive charge, it then makes the protein less soluble in the solution, so it's easier to collect it. So the protein is collected from this solution, and then it's put into a centrifuge. So what's a centrifuge? Just like when you're testing, like with blood. You put blood like in the vial and the, in a centrifuge, and it spins it around real fast, and the centrifugal force pulls or separates the parts of the blood depending on how dense they are. I guess what do you have like plasma and then you have like platelets. It all gets separated. It's the same concept here. You put this pea protein that's collected from this wet solution into the centrifuge. You spin it around and then the pea protein, which is lighter, it's a lighter particle, will separate from any starches that are still left in the solution. So you're separating even more. So for pea protein isolate, you're actually doing like two filtration processes where the concentrate is just one. So the pea protein left over from going through the centrifuge is collected, dehydrated, and then you have your pea protein isolate. So positives and negatives of both concentrate and isolate. So a positive for a concentrate is it's cheaper. It's cheaper when compared to isolate. All right. Another positive is that there's no, well, other than the electricity used to pump the air through the drum to do the air filtration or dry filtration, which I believe the term for that is called air classification. I think it's what it's called. It's in the resources. I believe that's the name. There's electricity used to do that, I assume. Other than that, there's, I don't think there's really negative environmental impact directly from the manufacturing process. So those are two positives. Negative of pea protein concentrate is when you compare the same weight. So if you have like you know, eight ounces of pea protein concentrate and eight ounces of pea protein isolate, pea protein concentrate is going to be lower in protein. Because even though you go through that dry filtration process, there's still some starches that are collected with the protein particles. So it's lower in protein when you compare the same weight of concentrate and isolate. So that's a negative. You can look at it in negative. Higher in carbohydrates. Pea protein isolate, the positive is higher in protein, lower in carbs. So it's better for people who are on a lower carb diet who need the extra protein. Pea protein isolate is higher protein when you compare the same weight of concentrate and isolate. It's just the reverse of what we talked about with concentrate. What's the negative? Negative is it's more expensive than concentrate when you compare the two. Also, the negative is it produces wastewater. That solution where you're mixing the acid and the base and the salt, you can't use that again. It's non-potable. You can't drink it. So it's what's, I believe it's termed affluence. I get that wrong. Affluence is where the just it's a runoff that can go into a stream or to a lake or to the ocean 
and now you're adding pollution to water, which is not good. So that's negative and positive of both. So what's the the benefit of pea protein isolate? And as I said, this is subjective. It contains all nine essential amino acids. So there's a term you hear if you get into like dieting and proteins and all stuff, you'll hear complete protein. You say, well, a food that has all nine essential amino acids is a complete protein. Yes, that is true. It has to have all nine essential amino acids, but it's not completely the case. It's kind of, I guess it's kind of like half, half the uh, equation. And before I get too deep in it, essential amino acids. So I looked up a number of sources before this episode. I've seen some that say there are 20 amino acids. There are some that say there's even 23, 22. So we'll just stick with 20, all right? There's hundreds of amino acids that exist, but there's 20 to 23, I guess we'll say that, 20 to 23 that the human body uses to make proteins that we need to live. So 11 of those, and it varies, sometimes there's what's called essentially, conditionally essential amino acids, but for the most part, for a healthy person, there is 11 non-essential amino acids. Non-essential meaning our body can make them. We don't need to eat food in order to make them. Although, that's not really true, depending, I know for one essential amino acid case, but it's kind of beyond the point of this episode. There's 11 that our body can make. The nine left over are the essential amino acids. We need to drink Howard's Blend. Howard's Blend plant-based protein powder. We need to eat chicken or whatever, different vegetables, grains, whatever the case may be. We need to consume them in order for our body to then make the proteins that it needs out of those nine essential amino acids. Like I said, there's conditionally essential i think that i don't i forgot i think there's like two or something that are conditionally essential meaning that if like if you're sick then they become essential our body can't really make them all right so back back to the points and we kind of covered the amino acids well i guess one other thing if you see like branch chain amino acids which could be a whole other episode of the podcast You'll see like a lot of supplements for branch chain amino acids. Well, the three branch chain amino acids, the isoleucine, leucine, and valine, those are three essential amino acids. Those are the three of the nine. So pea protein isolate has all nine essential amino acids. However, there's a certain amount of each amino acid depending on your body weight, you know, that's the, a big factor, like your body weight. There's a certain amount of each of those amino acids that someone needs. And there's actually a standard, or at least from the resources I used, there's a standard what is, what is considered a complete protein, like the amount of, of amino acids, of each of these nine amino acids. So pea protein is, has, I'm getting mixed up here, pea protein has methionine, which is a essential amino acid, but it doesn't meet this level of, of this certain amount of methionine that is needed in order to consider it complete. So I have a chart here, so I'm going to show it and I'm going to explain it because what I just said doesn't even make sense to me. 
and I got these. I got my reading glasses on because they're blue light blocking. Because this light here, lighting up, is it's blinding even at the low level. But it's kind of warped a little bit because these are actually for reading, not just staring. All right, so I'm gonna hold it up. Hopefully, you can see this. So over here, I'm having to look from through the through the paper on my right. I'm gonna try to explain it the best I can for the people listening. Are the essential amino acids. So it's just a column. You know, it has columns and rows. It has leucine, then the second row is isoleucine, then valine, then cysteine, then histidine. And then the columns, you have milligram per kilogram per day. So what this column means is that for leucine, let's say, I'm trying to read through the back of the paper here. You need, I think that says 39 milligrams per kilogram of body weight per day. I don't know where they get this figure. I'll have the resource in the description of the show. I'm assuming it's for like you an average sized man. It didn't say it. I don't know if this is universal. Like, okay, a woman, a hundred pound woman will still need 39 milligrams per kilogram per day of leucine. Don't know. So right here is just kind of explained. For every every number here of these essential amino acids, you need that amount of milligrams in that of that essential amino acid per kilogram of body weight per day. 2.2 pounds per kilogram. So it's, if you want to figure that out. Then the second column, geez can't see it because this hand blocks the light so I can't see through it is complete so leucine you would need I think it says 59 you need 59 milligrams per gram of protein for that source of protein whatever it is to be complete in leucine so you kind of see here complete protein yes they need to have all nine essential amino acids yeah it's part of it but they also have to they also need, the protein source needs to have more in terms of milligram per gram of protein than these numbers here of these essential amino acids. I don't remember how old this chart is, so it might be updated from now. This is just one that I found that was kind of easy to comprehend, so I figured I'd include it. So if we go, P is right here. I think I'm pointing at it. P is right there. And if we go down, I'm going to have to... So I can get to methionine. It's right there. I hope this is coming up in the camera. Methionine, it's, I think it says you need 10 milligrams. Oh, that wait, I got to go to this column. Sorry, next column. I think it's 16. Looks like 16. Let me go. Yep, I was right, 16. You need 16 milligrams per gram of protein from whatever source, chicken. I guess here it says milk, pea, rice, soy. To be considered complete. So if we go to P, it says five. So there's five milligrams of methionine per gram of protein in P protein. So P protein's not complete because it doesn't have above this 16. You see, you have uh, milk, which has 27, rice, which is 26. No, tw no, 29. So that leads me to my next point on this. So in order to make it complete, you just combine different sources of protein. So if you have pea protein, 
mix it with rice protein. Because as I just pointed out, pea protein is low, 5 milligrams per gram of protein. Rice is high, 29 milligrams per gram of protein. But then if you go to rice, and I think if you go to lysine, which looks like it's right here, there's 33 milligrams per gram of protein. But to be complete, you need 45 milligrams per gram of protein. But thankfully, pea has 83 milligrams per gram of protein. So if you combine those two together, you have complete protein. So why do I say this is a benefit? I mean, it seems like, well, wait a second. Pea's great. Then why do you have to combine it with something else to make it complete? Well, if you're vegetarian or if you're vegan, for vegan for moral reasons or health reasons or religious reasons or vegetarian for religious reasons or moral reasons, whatever, then now you can build up a strategy in order to combine foods to get all the amino acids that you need, all the nine essential amino acids that you need. Now, if you're non-vegan and you just use whey protein, well, it's easy to see whey is right over here to the my left, your right. I mean, it's complete protein. I'll just hold up here for a second. Whey's got, whey's got way more. Way good. Whey's got way more in milligrams of the essential amino acids. So it's, it's complete. You don't have to worry about it. But if you're vegetarian or vegan, then that might be a benefit for you. Or if you're not vegan, you know, if, you, if you're a, a, is an omnivore or you're a carnivore, where you're doing the carnivore diet, or I guess it wouldn't make sense if you're doing a carnivore diet, but if you're an uh, omnivore and you eat plants and you have your big salad, but you have chicken or whatever with it, but you, you, know, you don't like whey. Maybe whey gives you a stomach upset and you're saying, I want to try plant-based protein. Now, you too can have a strategy then to make it complete. You just plan wisely. Combine the sources of protein together, and then now you got complete protein. So that's the benefit. Let me set this down. Negative. So the negative is that peas are part of the legume. I love that word. Legume. They're part of the legume family, which beans, I like beans, peanut butter, I like peanut butter. So if you're allergic to peanut butter, if you have like a peanut allergy or something, I shouldn't say peanut butter, peanuts, when I say peanut butter, peanuts, nuts, etc. legume, I guess just peanuts. Yeah, it would be just peanuts is because peanuts are a part of legumes. I don't think nuts are. I don't know. For the purpose of this episode, we'll say peanuts because there's a lot of, I hear a lot on the news about peanut allergies, peanut allergies. Well, if you're allergic to peanuts... You might want to be careful with pea protein because peas are part of the legume family. So an allergic reaction happens when our immune system, it recognizes the protein structures. And in this case, we'll say peanut butter. And peanut butter as, a, as an enemy, it attacks that and then that's what causes an allergic reaction. It's, it's attaching onto that protein structure. Well, in a cup of peas, and this was in the, the documentation, in a cup of peas, I think like there's 8% protein. So if you have like a cup, about close to one-tenth of that cup is protein. So not very much protein. But let's just say you have a scoop, you know, 30 grams of 
pea protein isolate. Well, now you're taking the protein that could be from you know, 10 cups. I don't know. I don't know how, much, how many cups go into one scoop of pea protein isolate. I'm just throwing out a number. You're having the protein from an equivalent amount of like 10 cups of peas, which unless you're like a competitive eater or something like that, nobody's going to be able to eat 10 cups of peas. They're going to get full way before that. So you're not going to get near as much protein, but now you're concentrating that all that protein into 30 grams. Now is a potential that if you have an allergic reaction to peanuts, you might have an allergic reaction to pea protein because you're getting all that protein concentrated in such a small amount. So as usual, I've said it before, won't change. I'm not a doctor. If you're going to think about using any supplements, even Howard's Blend, I suggest you check with a doctor first because if you have if you have a condition that you don't even think that's a problem but you talk to your doctor and they're like no that could be a problem if you take supplements or whatever you talk to your doctor first safety first people talk to your doctor first before taking a supplement because it could cause supplements some of them are very powerful you know it could cause as for adverse effects negative effects and we do not want that so that's the negative just be conscientious if you have peanut allergies Check with the healthcare professional before you start consuming pea protein. All right. The summary, sum it all up, kind of my thoughts. Essentially, why is pea protein like so prevalent in the um, protein powders? In fact, reading the documentation, I think it said soy was actually more popular or more widely used than pea. I guess if you're taking into account like the uh, the fake meats, what I call them, some of the fake meats use pea protein. I mean, pardon me, some of the fake meats use soy protein, etc. If you're taking the whole the the food industry as a whole, then yes, I guess then soy is still more popular. But if you're just looking at protein powders, I do not see a lot of of a uh, Soy protein being used. It's mostly pea protein. I've looked at a ton of different manufacturers. I mean, a ton of different manufacturers and supplement companies, protein powders, like vegan, and I see a lot of pea. That doesn't come out right. No, it didn't sound good at all. I see a lot. Yeah, you definitely don't want pea in your protein powder. I see a lot of pea protein being used. I haven't seen any soy protein being. I guess some of it, when they talk about soy, there's the whole issue of, well, it can. Uh, cause a rise in estrogen, you know, da 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 da, whatever. But I think the main reasons why I think it's it's prevalent with regards to protein powders is one, it's cheap. I know I said earlier, I said, well, pea protein isolate is more expensive than pea protein concentrate. Well, that's if you're comparing the two together. I'm talking about if you compare it to other sources of vegan, plant-based protein sources or vegan protein sources, whatever you want to call it. Pea protein is relatively cheap. Part of the reason for that is because it's manufactured. There's a huge supply of it. So I think the documentation said it's cultivated in like 97 different countries. So for example, I don't even know if it's grown in Brazil, but if it's like it's grown in Brazil and then all of a sudden there's huge fires in Brazil, bad weather, and then it kind of knocks out the whole crop of peas. Well then, okay, we can go get it from Mexico or we can go get it from China or we can go get it from Asia, we can go get it from Australia or wherever. You know, the prices may change because you, know, you have to ship it over to the different continents, whatever. 
but the, the supply is high. So I think that that's one of the reasons why I believe it, it's cheap, but it's inexpensive source of protein to use in a product. Second reason is because it's really a neutral flavor. It's really no flavor at all. I mean, back when I was trying to think of like a, a general formula to use for Howard's Blend, a, a, another version that's not what's in this bag, not what I'm selling. But I was when I was trying to just make the lab in the kitchen, you know, mixing and matching and weighing out shit, measuring shit to make into a a formula that I could use and then see how much it would manufacture it would be for them to produce it. I mean, I bought like a two or three pound bag of, of uh, organic pea protein isolate and it was like under 50 bucks. So it's not that expensive, but there's literally no taste. I mean, if you just taste it plain, it just tastes like you're drinking, drinking, it tastes like you're eating like ground up chalk. There's no taste to it, which is a benefit because then when manufacturers or flavor chemists, whatever, if they want to flavor it like a chocolate fudge flavored vegan protein powder or carrot cake flavored vegan protein powder or birthday cake or whatever, it's easier to flavor it because there's no taste you have to mask. Unlike the next protein powder or next protein powder source we're going to talk about, which is hemp seed protein, which I've had that before. And just imagine you mow your lawn, you take the lawn clippings, you put it into a bottle or whatever your blend tech or was it vita vita life or vita sure whatever that the vitamix that was it vitamix blend it up and then you drink it imagine drinking that that's exactly what hemp seed protein tastes like but it's in howard's blend plant-based protein powder so we will talk about that next time there's nothing or very little to no flavor to mask so it's easy to flavor that's my opinion and that's all for this episode. Thanks for listening. And I'm going to say it again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Howard's Blend. If you have any questions, comments, cheers, cheers, I just messed up the order of the closing here. But it doesn't really matter. If you have any questions, comments, cheers, or jeers, my contact information as well as where you can find me on social media is in the description of the show. And I'm pointing down like you're actually... I guess it would be if this is YouTube, it's actually below me where you have all the descriptions where you can find all the contact info. If you enjoyed the show, well, I guess it's, wait, it's also in the description of the show and in the description of the video. All right, got that out of the way. If you enjoy the show, you find value in it, I ask two things. One thing is mandatory. You must do this or I will not let you listen to the show. Just kidding. But it is mandatory. Just kidding. No, I'm not. Is mandatory, and that is if you enjoy the show, you find value in it. Spread the word, spread the love, tell people about it. If you mean like, hey, you know what, Howard's Blend, it's a great podcast. If you're on a first date, it's great conversation for a first date, fellas. No, just kidding. Do not bring that up on a first date. All right, that's a good way to not ever get another date with that person again. But spread it, conversation. Your friends like, man, what podcast you listen to? Oh, I listen to Howard's Blend. Really? I've heard of Howard's Blend. He's a badass dude. Exactly right. That right there is a good person. Conversation. Send it in a text. Whatever podcast, podcatcher platform you listen to it on. I think we're on like seven different platforms. 
you can actually share it through there. I know Spotify does it. Apple Podcast does it. Share it. Share, 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 share. You get a podcast episode. You get a podcast episode. You get a podcast episode. Share the love. The second way, which this is optional and only if you have the means to do it, on my website, howardsblend.com, there is a donation tab where you can donate however much you can afford. Any amount is always greatly appreciated. That's it, folks. I can't think of anything else. Pretty much covered all the bases. So, thanks again for listening, and until next time, I'm going to go drink some MC protein. Ugh. Adios. Adios.